Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, I'm Rick Martinez. I'm a cookbook author, video host, and Carla, you know what? My summer never ends. Oh, how nice for you. I'm Carla Lally Music. I'm also a cookbook author, video host, and it's hard ice cream over soft serve forever and then some. So did you ice cream cake for your birthday or did you marble cake? (laughs) Well, TBH, there was ice cream on the birthday and I'm waiting till I'm with my parents so that my mom will make my annual marble cake. I need a recipe and photos of that. It sounds so good. And by the way, happy birthday, Carla. Oh, thank you so much. I am the same age as Gwyneth Paltrow, so y'all can Google that as soon as we get done here. Wow, we have one more thing in common with Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) And this is Borderline Salty, the show where we take your calls, boost your confidence, and make you a better, smarter, happier cook. Today we'll discuss soft butter. Jalapeno hands and a juicy TikTok trend I can't get out of my head. Oh, I can't wait. But before we get into it, I want to share that this week's segment of Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by the Sonos Move, a powerful and portable smart speaker for listening all around your home and beyond. Soundtrack your summer with Sonos. Discover Move plus other speakers and soundbars at Sonos.com. All right, Rick, now... Tell me what's good. Oh my God, Carla. So I know you're probably going to get mad at me for this, but this is one of those things that I did not expect. It just sort of happened. Mm -hmm. I love pineapples. And about two years ago, my old Airbnb host gave me a pineapple when I returned from New York. And pineapple was like super delicious. I have this, I have a hard time throwing away the green top of the pineapple. I don't know, like, (laughs) and I compost, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to sprout it grow a pineapple plant and, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh Uh-huh. The guy loves a palm. Who can blame him? Exactly. So throw it in the ground. It grows. It's been growing in the pot, like, on my patio for the last two years. 
not really thinking anything of it. And then one day, about three months ago, I looked at it, and there's something coming out of the center of the plant. Oh, my God. Lo and behold, it is a baby pineapple. Oh, my God. So I think to myself, you know, it's probably decorative. Like, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know why I thought it was decorative, but, like, whatever. I just never occurred to me that in a billion years that, like, a sprouted pineapple top would produce a pineapple. And lo and behold, out pops this pineapple, which my parents came for to visit for my birthday in June, and they were looking at it, and it was still pretty green. It was like, it had some like little yellow spots. And then all of a sudden, poof, it was like this beautiful golden color. And I was like, oh my God, I need to harvest this thing. Unbelievable. So I cut it from the plant, and then I'm just like staring at it like, oh my God, I'm going to actually eat a homegrown pineapple. Like literally ripe off the plant. Unbelievable. This was truly, and I'm not saying this just because I grew it, but... It was actually the best pineapple I've ever eaten. And I actually <laughs> ate the whole goddamn thing at one sitting. Because it was just, it was like candy. Wait, how big What did it get when you harvest? Was it like actual pineapple side or it was still like a little baby? No, it, was, it wasn't It was like super huge. So this particular pineapple is called, here it's called piña de miel, which is honey pineapple because it's so sweet. So they're about the size of like a medium cantaloupe. Like they're not okay. like giant pineapple size. They're round. Like they don't even mm, have like the traditional shape. They're cute. a little round. But the core was actually soft enough to eat. And I'd heard from people before, like I hate watching you cut pineapples because, you know, you always throw the core away. But it's like when you buy them at the store, at least in New York, like the core is pretty much wooden. Like yeah. you could make toothpicks out of it. <laughs> But this one, like, I ate the whole thing, core and all. It was so, so good. You realize this whole thing sounds like a fairy tale. It's like a Rick and the Giant Pineapple fairy tale. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that you ate it because probably if you had, like, rubbed the belly of the pineapple three times, you could have made a wish for whatever you wanted. Oh, damn it. Okay, well, you know, I saved that top and I'm rooting that. So maybe in two years when I grow another pineapple, I will rub that pineapple and see what happens. I think you should. That's incredible. So, Carla, why don't you tell me something good? Well, I had a really fun experience last week that was unlike any experience I've had in a couple decades, actually. Whoa. Yep, I got to host my first pop-up where... I really got to do the cooking also. So as you know, like when you do like these special book events, I've done a number of pop-ups over the past few years when Where Cooking Begins came out and that sounds so good. And when you pair with a restaurant for a pop-up, usually that restaurant, their team is going to do the cooking. So like I've always like collaborated with the chefs and worked on the menu and tried to pick their best recipes from the books that would translate and kind of work with the vibe. But I really missed cooking, which is a crazy thing to say because the restaurant cooking experience is so hard. You know, it's such a hard job. It's such a demanding job. It's so physical. But I think since the BA Test Kitchen went away for me, I have missed so much being in the company of other cooks and and mm -hmm. cooking mm -hmm. around other cooks and watching people create food together, being in the room when it's happening, there's not—it's very hard to recreate that. And as someone who now 
you know, recipe develops at home, you have to do that alone a lot of the time. And so mm-hmm. you rely on, like, phone calls and, you know, watching videos and reading cookbooks, but just not the same. So I was really excited to host this pop-up. It's with a wine bar that just opened in the Lower East Side called Parcel. And I wrote the menu. We raised money for Heart of Dinner, which is an amazing Chinatown nonprofit that delivers meals to elderly Chinese people with handwritten cards in their native language, which is, like, so amazing. And I was down in the little basement kitchen for two days with my food stylist, Sabelle, and it was just really fun. Like, my knee hurt a lot after the first day. <laughs> and I re- and I remembered, like, oh, I do a thing when I've been standing for a long time, and I, like, throw all my weight onto my left leg. So the next day, like, just things that I had forgotten that I do because it had been a long time. And the best part was it was sold out at 50 people, right? So mm-hmm. totally manageable and fixed menu. And as soon as service started, I was like— Seven lamb, two veg. How many is that all day? (laughs) And they were like, "Um, can we get some more toast for table two? And I was like, heard, fire, two toasts for table two. (laughs) We chef. I was saying we chef. Like, no one there calls each other chef. I was just like, yes, chef. Like, calling Sibel and I were like, we chef. Yes, chef. Like, will you taste this for me, chef? And I loved it. And it was, like, super, super fun. And I can't wait to do it again. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. You kind of look like you're glowing, by the way. Oh, thanks. That's my bronzer. Oh, love it. (laughs) It is high time for some color questions. Oh my God, Carla, 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 it's time for Caller Questions. (laughs) I have been waiting to get a phone call all day and I cannot wait to hear this question. Hi, Rick and Carla. I'm Romina from Toronto, and my conundrum is getting butter to room temperature quickly. Lots of baking recipes call for softened butter, and I don't want to wait several hours to get it soft. I tried microwaving it in increments, putting a hot glass over it, or in a bread proofer. It always ends up getting melted on the sides, but still hard in the middle. I just want to get to baking without having to plan too much. Can you help me out? Yes. I understand this problem quite well, mainly because I keep my butter in the freezer at all times. And so when the mood strikes for cookie time where I need room temp butter, out goes the butter, unwrap it, put it on a little platter, throw it in the microwave for about 30 seconds. Then I check it to make sure that it's like softening up and it's not melting. Because what happens in the microwave is you'll get spots where it will actually like completely melt the butter. So you want to make sure that you're moving it around. Don't cut it up because if you cut it up, you'll get a little piece of butter that completely melts while you'll have another piece that's completely rock hard. So do this for about 45 seconds, checking every 10 seconds after the initial 30, and you will have room temp butter in no time. Yeah, I feel like waiting for butter to achieve room temperature is kind of the pastry equivalent to starting a recipe and realizing you were supposed to marinate the meats for like a day, (laughs) you know, before you can get started. It's like you can be so excited and then realize like, oh man, I got to take the butter out. And I don't have a microwave. So the way that I have sped up the process rather than leaving frozen sticks on the counter is I actually will cut the butter up into about tablespoon size pieces and not store them, like not cut them into pieces and then kind of keep them in their 
stick shape, like little soldiers right next to each other, mm-hmm. cut them into the pieces and then spread them out so the air can circulate around all of them. And depending on how cold it is in the house, anywhere from like 67 to 72 is kind of an ideal room temperature. But if it's chilly and I've got the oven preheating, I have been known to put that plate of butter like up above the stove where it's warming up. You just have to be mindful, sort of set a timer for maybe every five to 10 minutes because the same thing will happen. Like the bottom will melt and the top will still be in pieces. And I think it's important also to talk about what room temperature butter is and how you know when you've achieved it because it's not it's not the texture of like shiny, really halfway melted butter. Room temperature should still be solid. It should still look matte. And when you press your finger into it, it should give but hold the impression of your finger. So if you put your finger into that butter and it, your finger just goes straight through and it's like a butter tunnel, you've actually over softened and it's not going to hold air as well. Right. And it will definitely impact your whatever it is that you're baking very negatively. Yeah. Um, Because the butter won't emulsify. Like Carla said, it's not going to hold any air. So if you're trying to whip it or beat it so that your cake or your cookies will will have a a greater lift, that's not going to happen. So 68 degrees is literally the sweet spot for butter. You don't necessarily have to take its temperature, but it should be soft enough to be able to beat without, like, hard clumps. Hope that helps, Romina, and we are looking forward to pictures of your cookies in our DMs. Or you can just send me some cookies. (laughs) P.S. Next caller, darling. Hi, Carla and Rick. This is Robin from New Orleans. I am calling with a unique me cooking conundrum. My best friend is a guy named Andrew and we love to cook. We cook for ourselves, we cook for our friends, and we cook for each other. Andrew this week got Bell's palsy, which means that he lost nerve function in half of his face, including half of his mouth. This makes chewing and eating solid foods really hard. Now, fortunately, Bell's palsy is a temporary thing, But for the time being, he is on a liquid diet. So he asked me if I could help him make some pureed or blended soups. So I'm calling to see if you guys have any recommendations for pureed or blended soups or anything else that's easy to eat if maybe you don't have full control over your mouth. And extra points if you have anything that has a really good source of protein. Love the show. Love both of you guys. Thanks. Why did I just get the visual of Sylvester Stallone and the original Rocky, like, blending the raw eggs in the blender? Oh. And just remember that? Like, chucking oh those God. as part of his workout? <laughs> it's a lot of protein, but it does not sound enjoyable. Not at all. Robin, you have just caused me to have a little bit of a flashback. So... I was in a very similar situation to your friend Andrew. I had cracked a tooth and had gone in to have some work done to repair the tooth. And long story short, I I had a reaction to the anesthetic and 
my jaw locked. Mm. I had about like a quarter of an inch of clearance between the top and bottom teeth, and I was not able to move my jaw at all. Mm. And so for about 10 days, I was on a liquid diet. And so by day three, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot drink another soup. And I had, like, you know, been making right. smoothies in the morning and soup and for lunch and dinner. And and I was just like, no, I need, I need food. I need, like, something that actually has flavor. And also I was developing all of these recipes and I couldn't taste them. And so one of the recipes I was developing was a lasagna. And so all my friends were like happily eating this lasagna. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We have powerful Vitamixes. And so I literally got a Vitamix. I threw a hunk of lasagna into the Vitamix. Oh my God. Put a little bit of boiling water in it just to, you know, give it enough of a, a liquid base to, to puree. And then I put it in a quart container and I was like, all right, I have no idea what this is going to be like. It looks vile. Um, but I ate it and it was actually. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm not going to, well, it was good. Like, the flavor was very good. I wouldn't recommend this if you don't have lockjaw or some medical condition that <laughs> causes you to drink liquid food. But, you know, I made adult baby food, and that mm -hmm. was the way that I got myself through the next, like, you know, eight or nine days. I mean, this whole thing, funnily enough, is reminding me of a very special episode of Below Deck <laughs> where <laughs> um, I don't remember which deck we were below, but it was one of the Below Decks, and there, the primary, who was the, like, host of the charter, um, the wife had her jaw wired shut mm. and requested exactly what you are describing. Like, all the food that everybody else on the charter was going to eat, but she needed it in a drinkable form. And the, <laughs> the chef was not pleased, like, fully enraged and was blending, like, the lobster dinner and, like, putting the pasta in there. And her thing was, I want to taste all the things that they're tasting, but pureed. I think, personally... Uh, and I guess it depends who you're cooking for. I feel like I would be happier with things that naturally lend themselves to being pureed than putting, like, a burger in the blender. But, like, I don't know. You know, if your mouth is wired shut, maybe you're just, like, you're down for whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know, well, here's the thing. Like, you have this incredible sense of FOMO. You're missing out on all these mm -hmm. yummy things or whatever. Yeah, I think the things that are coming into my mind are, like, you know, soups that have still some texture to them. So, like, a gazpacho where there's still, you know, soft pieces, but there's something in there, and maybe those little pieces have different flavors than the other little pieces that you're getting. And this winter, I don't know where I got this idea. It's like you wake up in the middle of the night sometimes, and you're like, is that a good idea or a terrible idea? But I had the idea. It doesn't sound good when I say it, but I had the idea of a hot smoothie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And you're and just it's, to be clear, your jaw was not <laughs> wired shut, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. No. Okay. I was thinking about like something warming that wasn't necessarily savory. And then it started to make sense because, you know, like warm turmeric milk or golden oh, milk. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's very savory and can be like a little bit thick and you like cook the turmeric out. So I was like kind of on that tip. And what would happen if you added some oats to a mixture like mm -hmm. that and maybe some honey and maybe there's like some salt and you puree that. So I actually attempted making that for Fernando and 
it was okay. <laughs> it was okay as a first try, but like you could put nuts in that and let them warm up and get soft and then puree it. So yeah, if you get sick of cold smoothies and soup, just rebrand it as a hot smoothie. Yeah, I love that you decided to like let your husband be the guinea pig for that. Like, I'm going to make a hot <laughs> smoothie, but I'm going to give it to my husband to taste. <laughs> I was like, did you say you aren't feeling well and you're having trouble sleeping? Hold on, I've got just, <laughs> just the thing. Just <laughs> the thing for you. It will cure all, Fernando. Love ya. Imagine opening a hot yoga studio and then instead of like the normal like <laughs> – <laughs> Instead of having like spirulina drinks for the for everybody on the way out, it's like step up to the hot smoothie bar. Yeah. So instead of like the, the nice spa water at the end, you just like you, <laughs> yeah. you go up to a container and this gloop, like just steaming gloop, like pours out. Mm. Sign me up to that studio. <laughs> yeah, there are no bad ideas, you know. None, none, <laughs> none at all. A riff. I mean, whatever. I I fucking ate pureed lasagna. <laughs> yeah, you had hot lasagna, so <laughs> cool. I think I'm ready for the next caller. What about you? Indeed, ringling. Hi, Rick and Carla. Matt here. Pronouns he him. And I'm wondering, uh, every time I work with jalapenos or spicy peppers of any sort in the kitchen, like, I just have this fear that the oil that, you know, the space that's on my hands, it's just going to stay there, get all over everything I touch. What's a better thing to do than, like, washing my hands every, like, 20 seconds or wearing disposable gloves just once and throwing them out and the jalapenos? How do you make sure that you don't get, you know, chemical burns? I asked Rick, this in particular, because Rick, in some of your videos, I just see you going bananas with the knife and the peppers and just bare hands, and it just looks like you're either throwing all coffee into the wind or you have some sort of genius hack I don't know about. Matt, this is a great question. Yeah, this is a real concern. It is. I mean, part of it is I have asbestos fingers, but... Right. Which means that I don't feel anything on my fingers, but... If you touch your eyes or nether regions, you will definitely feel a burn. So whenever, like, for example, if jalapenos and serranos, I kind of don't care that much about anymore because, like, I guess I'm just used to it. But habaneros, I will just pull out the gloves. And I know you said Mm -hmm. that, you know, the one one use for the gloves is kind of, it is a waste, but it does protect your hands and it will keep them from burning yourself and others. Yeah, and it's like touching your eyes or your nose or your mouth or, you know, other parts of yourself, like, definitely. But I've when it's a really hot pepper, your fingers will start to burn. Yeah. So the capsaicin, which is the chemical compound that actually has the heat in it, is soluble in acid, in alcohol, and oil. Um, so you can also wash your hands in lemon juice or vinegar or a little bit of, like, uh, a high-proof alcohol, like tequila or vodka, and it will come out oil. It works not quite as well, like, for the hands, so I would definitely recommend either the acid or the the alcohol. Mm -hmm. And then you should be good to go after a a quick wash of of your hands and then just wash them in regular water with soap. Yeah, be careful touching other people. Be careful touching your baby. (laughs) Like, you can, it's not just your own self that you can burn, potentially others. You do have to think of others. I mean, actually, just the other night, I was cooking dinner for a friend. Oh, did you have a gentleman caller? 
I had a gentleman caller, um, who, by the way, actually came over last night as well. So it's becoming oh, okay. more than just, a, right. yeah, it's it's becoming a regular thing for those that are interested in such things. Love to hear it. But anyway, so I had actually made a soup, mm-hmm. a Mexican soup, and I was frying some tortilla strips to put on top. I'd also thrown in some chili de arbol into the oil to fry up. And so I was crushing them with my fingers over the soup as garnish. I thought was very impressive, and my gentleman caller friend looked at me while doing this and, (laughs) without skipping a beat, said, so I'm guessing that round two is out of the question. I was like, wow. Let me pull out my lemons, sir. (laughs) And yes, there was round two after. You're a true professional. Speed bump, not a roadblock. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, as we head for the door here, we have time for one more segment, and it is Rad Fad or Bad Fad. Yay! (laughs) As always, the TikTok that I'm about to play for Rick is linked in our show notes, so everybody, you can watch along just as Rick is about to. All right, so this trend, Rick, I'm very excited about. This is something that I really connected with, and really can't get out of my head, and it has created a, a a renaissance of cravings that I just hadn't been in touch with before. Oh, my God. I love it. What a great setup. Let's do it. Guys, where can I get the best chicken Caesar wrap in New York City? The requirements are as follows. 
the lettuce needs to be light in color like an iceberg lettuce or a spring mix not romaine the chicken needs to be thin strips or chunks that are like easy to bite like no weird disgusting chicken the dressing needs to be a 10 out of 10 caesar um and like the perfect amount of dressing parmesan shreds would be amazing that's like a must along with croutons in the wrap and it needs to be folded amazing and pressed please let me know where i can get this in new york city thank you Okay, where can I get this fuzzy stuffed animal that I can wear around my house? Like, part of the appeal for me is just the amount of cozy that she is as she is recording this. Like, it just, like, came into her mind, and she's hoping someone will bring it to her in bed. Like, I just need to share this. Just, just, this just came to me, like, all of my requirements for the world's best wrap, and here you go, as I lay here with my snuggly thing. Have you yourself ever had a chicken Caesar wrap? I have. Unfortunately, I think it was one of those corporate meetings where mm. they, like, truck in, like, this platter of wraps, and you don't actually know how long it's been sitting there. And, yeah. you know, the tortilla, it's really disgusting. And there are also different colored versions of it, like the green one and the red one. Yeah, and exactly. It wasn't the best thing that I'd ever eaten, you know? Yeah, I think I've racked my brain because I think the only kind of a wrap like this that I've had, and it is a little more disappointing than you want it to be, is like a buffalo chicken wrap that has mm -hmm. like the cutlet, but it maybe has red hot on it, and maybe there's blue cheese in there. But again, like the criteria, very specific. Very specific. She wanted an iceberg or something like an iceberg as opposed to romaine. Mm -hmm. I know, I was surprised. I think I would have probably preferred the romaine, but... Yeah, I don't think spring mix is going to hold up with all that wetness. Ooh, no, no, no. Well, also, like, if you press it and you get a toast on the outside, yeah. your spring mix is going to, like, just wilt and get gross. Blech. And then the chicken strips pieces. I hate the word chunks, but she did use the word chunks. I mean, to me, like, I would, just because I like dark meat, I would prefer a chunk of dark meat in there. I did like that she liked the, or that she wanted the the shreds of parm in there. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. I feel like, and this is, again, probably just me being a little bit extra and hating on packaged tortillas, but I'd want, like, a really nice wrap. Yeah, because any amount of time, they just get so gluey. Either you're heating it up or you have to griddle it beforehand to, like— cook off some of that just cold, refrigerated Bleh, moisture. Gross, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about croutons inside the wrap? I kind of think that's genius. I mean— Have like, you ever heard of such a thing? No, but I, I like that. Because, I mean, can you imagine, like, you? I mean, you'll get the crunch of the lettuce, but then all of a sudden this, like, it's sort of like the raisin inside. It's, like, something that you're not <laughs> expecting, but I think it's actually quite pleasant. I mean, I wouldn't want, like, a giant crouton in there, but, like, right. you know, a like, maybe half-inch, three-quarter-inch cube— so it just, like, kind of breaks up the monotony. Ooh, but you know what would be really good? If I was going to make the ultimate, and maybe instead of the croutons, if you took the chicken skin and made chicharrones. Mm, oh, yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> that is what I want in my ultimate Caesar wrap. Yum. Fried chicken skin chicharrones. Yes. All right, so Caesar wrap, likes, dislikes, must-haves, can't-haves, want-to-makes. 
Is this a rad fad or a bad fad? I have to say that given the fact that I'm sort of obsessing in my mind over this, and I probably am going to lay it in bed at night tonight and just kind of think to myself what would be on my ultimate Caesar salad wrap, I'm going to call this a rad fad. Any TikTok that, like, actually inspires you to get out of bed and go do something in and of itself is, like, a miracle TikTok. Because <laughs> yeah. every other TikTok <laughs> has just immobilized you for, like, at least an hour. <laughs> and that's it for this week's episode of Borderline Salty. You can find recipes and recommendations from this week's episode in our show notes. If you have a question or a fear you want us to help you through, you can always leave us a voicemail at 833-433-FOOD. That number, again, is 833-433-3663. Borderline Salty is an original production by Pineapple Street Studios. We're your hosts. I'm Rick Martinez. I'm Carla Lolly Music. You can find links to our work in the show notes for this episode. Natalie Brennan is our lead producer. Janelle Anderson is our producer. Our managing producer is Agarenish Chagre. Our assistant producer is Mari Orozco. Our head of sound and engineering is Raj Makija. Mixing and engineering by Davey Sumner and Jason Richards. Our assistant engineers are Sharon Bardalis and Jade Brooks. Original music from our very own Raj Makija. Additional music from Vincent Vega, Spring Gang, and Glovebox, courtesy of Epidemic Sound. Legal services for Pineapple Street are provided by Bianca Grimshaw at Granderson Des Rochers. Our executive producers are Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. We appreciate Romina, Robin, and Matt for calling in this week. And thanks to you for listening. Talk to you again next week. We love you. I'm free all week, so I'll talk to you then. Ring-a-ding-ding. Call me. Love ya. Can't wait to chat.